your host, affectionately known as the Poop Police, Ms. India Holloway. Hey, listen, orthodox medicine have long ignored uh, gut bacteria's role in human health and disease. Long time they've ignored it. I think we all know this, but things are changing. Um, us so-called alternative practitioners, even doctors and researchers who are, in fact, the real men and women of medicine, like that of our great-grandparents. And we can go back and look at shamans and herbalists and um, witches. Uh, these are people that knew. Actually, we have recognized the importance of bacteria organisms for a long time. Though we were ignored and dismissed by conventional doctors, today, however, even orthodox medicine and science is devoting an enormous amount of research into the link between disease and, listen to this, mental issues and imbalances of the colon bacteria. <laughs> a condition called dysbiosis. We've talked about this powerful link uh, between the colon and the widespread of uh, widespread and, and range of illnesses right here on this show. We talk about it all the time. As a matter of fact, everything we talk about takes us right back to the gut. <laughs> now, s- science, never stops changing. It just doesn't. Okay, here we go. Finger quotes. The focus is on how the gut and the brain interactions affect diseases like, now this is new science research, affects the diseases like Parkinson's, ALS, that's Lou Gehrig's disease, um, Alzheimer's, strokes, brain traumas, MS, multiple sclerosis, which, by the way, has been increasing tremendously in developed countries. Wow. Stay tuned. Go nowhere. Today is July 27th, and this is a live broadcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are on this great planet. You're listening to the Inner Light Radio, the healing frequency. My name is India Holloway, your host here on the Inner Light Radio. I am a international colon hydrotherapist, an iridologist, a lecturer, and the author of a book entitled, The Body Doesn't Know How to Die. You better get it. It's on Amazon, Amazon, and it is five-star rating. Uh, I want to start out by thanking my regular listeners who are always there. Thank you, guys. And uh, welcome the new listeners to this broadcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to invite you to always come back and listen up again this very same time next week on the Inner Light Radio. Um, and as always, got to give a shout out, a hearty shout out to 
our men and women in uniform. They are always there. They chose to be service representatives for us. But I want to give a real serious shout out right now to our firemen, our first responders who are risking life and limb to keep us safe and to keep our properties safe. So for the firemen and first responders out there, I'm saluting. Thank you so much for what you do and how devoted you are to doing it. This program is not designed to cure or treat or diagnose any disease, but what we will do is educate you on your body. And when I say we, I'm talking about my sister, my co-host, my confidant, Miss Metanasa. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning. Good. And hello to the listeners, because I know you're all over the world. Uh, We have listeners all over Meta. We have them in Mm -hmm. in Africa, South America, the UK, Australia. We have them, Canada, all over the place. We have our listeners listening in. Pretty exciting. It is pretty exciting that we have so many people that listen in to the Inner Light Radio. And they they hear Dr. Rab before they get a hold of us. And... Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Rab, I'm telling you, he gives out some great, great information. And the the last part of his sermon, if you will, uh, this morning was, don't wait until the last minute. Mm-hmm. When you get to that point, the body is breaking down faster than it can heal. Hallelujah, Dr. Rab. But today, Meta, we have devoted uh, this show on uh, how to protect your brain from your gut because they are interlinked. And, and like I said, orthodox medicine are, had not linked these two factors together until just recently. And they have recognized old problems that they have put together with old problems and come up with a bottom line scenario. And what was it I said? That they have recognized, this is new research, they have recognized and are now focusing on gut bacteria Mm. and the brain. We've already done that, but right. now they're associating it with these diseases that I've mentioned. Yeah. Alzheimer's, come on. Good. Alzheimer's, uh, it's all connected. And today we're going to tell you how these things are connected, how you can prevent them, and what you can do in the eyes and the um, and in the midst of inflammation, how important affections, information, inflammation, and all these diseases tie in together. They can be avoided. They can be put in their place 
but you have to know and understand how it works first. Right. The interconnection. Mm-hmm. And there is serious interconnection. When we've talked about, let me just go back and talk about the gut a little bit. And then we're going to go to the brain. We're going to take you to the brain from the gut. And so you can get that interconnection between the two because there is a serious pathway. Now, we know, and you've heard us say this many times, 75% of the body's uh, 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 immune system is in the gut. 75%, probably more. But if you know that it's in the gut, now you have to understand how when the gut is inflamed and they call the gut the second brain, how when the gut is inflamed, you can best believe you're going to have some inflammation in the brain from the gut to the brain. Think about it. We are not ahead. We are not abreast. We are not a foot. We are a unit. And it's all connected. <laughs> oh, my God. It is all connected. And if you think, Meta, you said this once, and I had to stop and think about this. You said the head is an extremity. It is not the body. Uh-huh. It's an extremity, like the fingers. And the hands and the foot is an extremity of the body. And when you said that, I thought, huh, but you can cut off a leg and the body still works. The brain still works. The rest of this organism, this unit, will continue to work. But if you cut off this head which is an extremity, it's over. It's over. over. (laughs) (laughs) It's all over except the crying at the funeral. So there is a connection there that makes the head, the computer, work with the rest of the body. And the importance of the body starts with the digestive tract. And what goes in it, where it goes, how it assimilates uh, and um, develops itself and how it sends out messages to the rest of the body. Now, this is the important thing you need to know about the gut, people, is you have neurons in your brain, but you have three times the amount of neurons in your brain in your gut three times. So those are the sensors. And how does the sensors connect to the brain? That's a question. How does the sensors connect to the brain? And it does it through organisms. The organisms that they're just now discussing or discovering. These organisms are microbes. And 
we carry around somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe four to five pounds of microbes in our bodies. And we haven't even mentioned the brain. That's just in the bodies. Four to five pounds of microbes. And the body, as they used to think, um, Orthodox medicine used to think that it was the brain that diseased first and then the rest of the body followed suit. It is not true. It's the gut that diseases first and the rest of the body follows suit. So we're going to talk about the excess of uh, certain things in the body like glutamate that drives Parkinson's disease. Where does that come from? How does it get into the body? How does it affect the brain? We're going to talk about prime immune cells, how they cause greater damage during infection and how they affect and infect the body, cause inflammation. We're going to talk about... uh, The first Parkinson's symptoms, listen to this, the first Parkinson's symptoms appear in the stomach and the intestine. Those folks out there that know someone with Parkinson's, think about this. They should actually be listening, so you might want to pick up the phone and give them a call. Have them listen to this show. First, Parkinson's symptoms appear in the stomach and the intestine. Uh, And and there are people out there that are going, huh, what are you talking about? Yep, we're going to talk about that, so listen up. And we're going to talk about how inflammation goes from the gut to the brain. Hello. You know, that's a lot of interconnection, isn't Mm. it? Mm-hmm. And the one thing about the, um, when you say physiologically, uh, in the anatomy, people consider the stomach as a part of the abdomen. You know what I'm saying? Just the belly. So the connection is that the stomach coming from the mouth when you eat down through the throat, down through, which is the esophagus, down to the stomach, which is an organ. So, so you can get that little visual in there mm-hmm. to see the con- interconnection. And when you follow that, you stop right there. Once you eat and you're full, you just want to go unconscious. You want to take a nap. You you go to sleep or you get real lethargic and you think how wonderful it feels to feel full. And as opposed to how wonderful it is to take in this nourishment for my health. And what you've actually done, well... Let's look at it this way. Look at how many people are suffering from cancer. Look at how many people are suffering from diseases that they have no control of. And what does orthodox doctors do? They go straight to the symptom. They don't go to the disease. 
if you're feeling dizzy and lightheaded, they go to the symptom. They say, oh, here's something for your, uh, what's it called when you're dizzy, Meta? Vertigo. Vertigo. Here's a pill for your vertigo. The disease is not the vertigo. It's a symptom of the disease. Mm -hmm. So orthodox medicine have long ignored everything and are constantly treating people for their symptom and not their disease. Otherwise, we wouldn't have so many sick people. We wouldn't have so many people with cancer. And they are constantly feeding that because that's their money. And they are going to have it. And it's hard. It's hard when big business and big industry are protecting their money to get this information across to you. But they're coming out of the woodwork right now. So let's go first to when you are having any kind of inflammation or disease or you're feeling anything, uh, you can best believe that there are levels of inflammation going on in the gut first and then outward, whether it's your skin, whether it's your nails, whether your hair is falling out, whether you are just flat out nauseous or um, if you just don't feel good. How about just tired and sluggish? Mm-hmm. All of those symptoms in the term of called being malaised, you just don't feel good, but something is going on. And like you said, from the colon, there are s- some disruptions and overgrowth from the microbes. That's and all that's it ca- is. And that's called infection. There's a smoldering infection coming from the colon. And once it starts to really grow and take on a life of its own in terms of a disorder or disease, is when you keep feeding it the wrong things, drinking the wrong things. Or or how about this? Just uh-huh. not giving it the right things. That's right. We're talking about probiotics being the bacterias. We'll, we'll just call it the friendly bacteria in the body, which should be equal to the amount of your immune system in your body, which is 75%. So 75% of your friendly bacteria should be in your gut at all times. So the body is constantly utilizing them, turning them over. They have a short lifespan, but there are trillions of them in the body. Trillions. But 75% of those trillions should always be there to help affect the body in making sure it stays healthy. Now, again, just to bring you up to speed, and for those that have not heard this before, 
your friendly bacteria, they are living organisms. They are alive. They eat. They pee. They poop. They, they fart inside your body. And a lot of times, a lot of the gases that you're witnessing are coming from the bugs. You do not want 75 plus percent of your gut to be housed by unfriendly bacteria because they also pee, poop, and fart in your body. And you know what that means? Their excrement, pee, poop, and gas, is poison to the human body. They are carcinogenic. They will cause cancer. And if you're eating like crazy out there, like you have no absolute sense, you are feeding unfriendly bacteria. Now, to feed the friendly bacteria, we call their food prebiotics. For the probiotics, you have to have that in there in order to keep that system in balance. And if you can do that, you can ward off the nasty little evils that crop up in there and, uh, and, and start giving you, as Meta calls it, malaise. That mm-hmm. just doesn't feel good. When you just are nauseous out of nowhere, when you just get headaches from who knows where, or how about you're just stressing yourself out and causing these things to come into your body, like uric acid. Uric acid in the body is like rusting. It's like you are causing your body to rust through what? Stress? through you stressing over someone else's wants and needs uh, to make somebody else money at your expense, you're going to do that and kill yourself? (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, So let's, let's talk about those things that are going on in the gut with those bacterias and what they are causing. So you've heard of it, leaky gut syndrome. You've heard of uh, chronic uh, diseases of the guts. Name some of them, Meta. Uh, here's a big one, and that's Crohn's. Yeah. Disease. And one of the symptoms in and around Crohn's is constant diarrhea. Mm-hmm. And when you have constant diarrhea, that puts you in a very precarious situation because. Uh, when you lose a lot of fluids constantly, then it causes the body to become really imbalanced. Really weak and imbalanced with the constant diarrhea, you lose a lot of your electrolytes. Mm-hmm. And what do they govern in the body? How about there it goes, goes to the brain again. Goes straight to the brain and, and, and the muscle. And the heart, the heart. is muscle. The brain is mostly muscle. Uh, electrolytes shores up and keeps the muscles working mm-hmm. on a routine basis, keeps the heart pumping on a routine basis, the veins pumping to move the blood. Oh, look at, look at what you've just done with Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. In That's just one disorder. Just one And it's in the gut. Mm -hmm. If you take your 
probiotics on a routine basis. Keep them shored up in your body at 75% at least. You can ward off that nasty little evil. Mm. Look at how simple it is to do. And yet, when you go to the doctor, they don't give you probiotics. They give you something for the symptom. Mm. And the problem is still there. And now you have yet other problems, other symptoms that now have to be treated because that's what they do. They treat the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they do not give a lot of credence to the gut. They just don't recognize it, as you said early on. And one of the things that they don't recognize is that the other diseases and disorders are relative, relatively coming from the colon. If they would treat the cause and not the symptoms, we would rally and, and not, we can prohibit a lot of these things to take place, such as cancer. Mm-hmm. This means in a nutshell that in many cases, the immune activation can be stopped. Mm-hmm. The systems that you're feeling, the symptoms that you're feeling can be stopped. And yet there is still another progression of disease if you don't. And we, we talked about uh, Parkinson's disease and uh, Lou Gehrig's disease and Huntington's disease, neurological diseases, all have their roots in the gut. They have just, not just now, but they have discovered this and, and it's getting out there. And it's not just a discovery of uh, going through and looking at autopsies and finding that most of these people who suffered from these neurological diseases had a gut disease first. Mm-hmm. A gut disease. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Well, here's something else they have, have just discovered. Now, this is, hold on to your seat, that there is a third type of diabetes coming from the immune system and is called autoimmune type 3 diabetes. Type 3 diabetes. Type 3. Right. I bet a lot of those ears out there have not heard that before. Mm-hmm. And so I did some research and going around to different doctors and asking them. And they looked at me like I was just a new escapee. Uh, alien. Uh-huh. And I said, once I explained it to them, then they got it. It made sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. How inflammation goes from the gut to the brain. Now, mm-hmm. I want to go back to um, inflammation of the gut for a second and the bugs, because everything is centered around the bugs. The bugs. Mm-hmm. There are there are cytokines. The cytokines are like the debris from unfriendly bacteria. 
cytokines are constantly float they they call them messengers they they're constantly floating around inside the body and primarily in the gut area and they these bugs uh or it's a debris that sets up camp and these cytokines when you have a leaky gut gets into the walls of the of the gut of the digestive tract and and not only do they just sit there they go through the walls a lot of them but a lot of them are embedded in the walls and are thickened in the walls and gets thicker and thicker and they impede the movement of the colon they impede the peristalsis or the pumping or squeezing and and movement of the digestive tract this lack of movement shall we call it constipation because nothing is moving in there nothing can come out this these are the cytokines that they have found in the brain but first were in the gut in the walls of the especially the colon and so they call this leaky gut now i'm going to keep reminding you that the gut is the second brain you have 80 trillion neurons in the brain and three times that many in your gut you have just caused a disease in your gut and of course it's traveling to the brain gets mixed in with those neurons and causes da 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 da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> Come on with it. <laughs> We're talking neurological diseases. You, Inflammation you can, of the brain. Right. Now, who who really points that out to us? Because nobody, it's a horrible disease, dementia, uh, Alzheimer's. But it's all clumped under the same umbrella as a neurological disease. I don't care if you're referring to dementia, uh cognitively impaired, cognitive uh deficiency, whatever, it's all the same thing. And what what is the reference of onset is inflammation. There's an a smoldering infection constantly going and it's from the bugs and somehow it gets in the pathways of to the brain from the gut to the brain and vice versa as well as into the bloodstream once it gets into the bloodstream it affects the spine and the myelin sheath which is which is a protector around the spine itself once that becomes inflamed it immediately engulfs and goes straight up the spine to the brain and ignites that onset of off and on shorting out the brain and then on different levels depending upon how, how much of an intensity the inflammatory effect is it will have a name it's dementia because you think and you don't think you remember and you don't remember 
And it you know, does, it, it says that evidence now indicates that one of the main processes driving Parkinson's disease, not just dementia, when it comes to inflammation, it's a, it's a driving, uh, it drives Parkinson's disease, is that inflammation, just like you said, Meta, not just in the brain, but the entire body. Mm-hmm. They cannot d- determine where neuropathy comes from. Neuropathy can be uh, not only in the feet, but all over the entire body. It's a numbness in the fingertips, wherever the nerve endings are in the body, you can have neuropathy. And what is it from? It is from inflammation. Inflammation. You don't have to have diabetes to have neuropathy. Say that again, Matta. You do not have to have diabetes in order to have uh, neuropathy. That's right. They're still trying to figure that out. They're scratching their heads in their butts saying, now what, what, what? What is it? Where is this coming from? They can't figure it out because why? You said it early on. The oversight of the gut. It doesn't mean anything to them. Well, if you don't poop five days out of a week, that's fine. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, come on. Where is it going? And you're still eating? Bring me the straight jacket. (sighs) That's just how devastating to the body it is and can be. And then it leaks out of the gut into the bloodstream. But more importantly, it's in the lining of the nerves that, that goes from the gut to the brain. It, the vagus nerve, we talked about that many times, Meta. Mm-hmm. Vagus nerve. People look it up. V-E-G-U-S, vagus nerve. What it does, how it works, where it goes from the gut to the brain and back again. Mm-hmm. Let me show you how important, just how important it is. It is uh, in the base inside of the brain, down the neck, and what it does, it orchestrates the movements of the visceral system as well as the neuro- neurological system. And depending upon how intense that inflammation is in your system, once it hits the spine, it will affect the autonomic nervous system in the brain. It's like a short circuit. That's right. And one on each side of the neck, one is sympathetic, and the other side is parasympathetic. And you want to stay in the parasympathetic mode. Tell them what it is, Meta. Well, it's how they connect with the sensory systems, such as you mentioned, the uh, contractions of the colon. Things your body does naturally, you don't have any control over. Your heart beats, your your colon squeezes, and and there's peristalsis, movement, all those things that the body does naturally, you don't have to think about. It's a universal intelligence, and you just screwed it up by being constipated. 
And that's when the um, sympathetic is under that mode of when you're under stress, that is constantly on. And that's supposed to be on a more off system for, for the parasympathetic to work for you in a calm, natural a relay system in your body. So you want, you want to, uh, as we're focusing on, keep the gut clean, keep those bugs under control so the rest of the body will not short out. So, and, and you're talking about these short circuits and you start to feel them early on. And mm-hmm. just like it, it, we, we talked about the Parkinson's and all those different neurological diseases that are major, they all have their, um, the majority of them develop uh, in the colon, in the gastrointestinal tract, which are the complaints. Mm-hmm. including, like you said, a chronic constipation, Crohn's disease, and then the little things like nausea, feelings of fullness when you're not even eating and haven't eaten in hours, and even a small meal bloats you and makes you gassy. And and after a meal, you have um, all kinds of difficulties there. But even going further back, for uh or getting closer i should say to the disease itself like parkinson's um you have difficulty swallowing there are people out here that can't swallow a capsule or a pill right right that's a symptom of something going on wrong that's going to give you a neurological problem uh somewhere in your future and it may be 10 or 20 years from now but it's a common and all you have to do is ignore the little things because they do add up to the big things. You have to be on it at all times. They have, they have done autopsies of people that had Parkinson's and found that uh, colon was over-inundated with crap. They found that... Um, there was some oxa, oxidized particles like those, what did I call them, uh, cytokines? Cytokines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In both the colon and the brain. And it was more in the colon than it was in the brain. And this person uh, had Parkinson's. Do you think you're going to get away with not using the bathroom on a routine basis? Do you think? That you can go all your life and not take supplements like probiotics and survive it. You're going to get one of those crazy diseases as you get older. And and I look at young people, Meta, and it breaks my heart to know Mm -hmm. that they don't get it. Mm -hmm. They they really don't. Oh, I, I... eat pizza, but I don't eat it all the time. Maybe once a week. Give <laughs> me a break. <laughs> and soda. Um, oh, I don't drink soda. Maybe every now and then. I'll ask how often. Oh, maybe once a week. Uh, they, they're not getting it. And then mm-hmm. they're feeding it to the babies. Sad. Sad but true. 
and constant inflammation of the colon ever so slight with eating things that you're not supposed to be eating, doing things you're not supposed to be doing will end up in a crisis somewhere along the line. Started out with a leaky gut, started out with taking medications that are just blocking certain things like cytokines to the brain. They block them. They're still there, but they're blocked in the colon. And so uh, I got a report just uh, yesterday of a person whose sister died from colon cancer and suffered like an old dog that was hit on the freeway, an old pregnant dog hit on the freeway, then wasn't killed, just laid there and suffered. I mean, that's the kind of suffering people go through when they have cancer. So, get me off that bandwagon. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... Why don't you gonna, tell people where they can reach you? Oh, sure. Because I'm easily reached. You can reach me at India's Healthy Living at yahoo.com. That's my email address. And please feel free to email me, answer, and I'll answer any questions you have especially in reference to the gut, because we are, after all, the gutologist. We know <laughs> this gut, man. And the more um, we learn from them about the gut, the more we know about the gut, because we've always known about the gut. Does that make sense? I don't know, <laughs> but it made sense to me. We're going to give you 10 ways to take care of your gut. You want to start here in a meta. Yes. What's one way uh, people can take better care of their gut? Well, diet, number one. Well, of course. But but when you say of course, most people don't know what that means in terms of the uh, colon health or gastrointestinal health. Well, how about just chewing your food and not inhaling your food? Yeah. Uh, are we talking to humans here? <laughs> but but one of the things that you can do to understand your gut a little bit better is is get a gluten sensitivity test to see if your body is gluten intolerant or not. And a lot of people out there are eating gluten and don't know that they their bodies don't like the stuff. And if you're sensitive to the gluten, even though you have all of the symptoms of something that they're giving you, like for heartburn and digestion, nausea, and things like that, it could be the gluten. How about cutting it out altogether to see if that's your issue? Most people don't know what gluten is. They just came out with that and got on the bandwagon in terms of uh, gluten intolerance. Or what's the other one? Uh, that they, well, the, they refer the lactose intolerance? Mm -mm. Um, I'm sorry, I can't think of it, but... Uh, it's all the same thing in terms of the gluten in the body. And just think of it. Glue is what you paste things together with, right? Mm. And make it adhere. It's the same thing. They put glue 
gluten in foods. Processed foods. Right, mainly. And it doesn't allow your body to function properly. Yeah. So you're gluing your guts together. You're gluing your walls and you're feeding the friendly bacteria foods they do not like. They eat good nutritional fiber, fruits and vegetables, nuts and beans. If it has one name to it, eat it. If it's a combination like casserole, you might want to avoid it. Okay, so I got an email that just popped in. Can you talk more about uh, clogging effects of bread? That's what we're talking about now. Uh, are they... Are there any breads that are good to eat? Not really. Uh, But what you can do if you are gluten intolerant is eat the, first of all, you want to eat less of all of that or cut it all the way out and eat more of those that are gluten free or that there's one called a Spelt, S-P like Paul, E-L-T like Tom, spelt bread. And I I eat the spelt, but I like it toasted. So I can't eat it just flat out the bag. I have to toast it up a little bit. The spelt and um, uh, Ezekiel bread is really good, but it spoils really quick. So you have to keep that in a cool place like a freezer and eat it out of the freezer. And again, that one I like toasted better than others. Um, and uh, if you want to cheat a little bit, you can do the... Uh, the breads that have, wait a minute, it's coming to my brain. It's coming, it's coming. Uh, it's gone. Oh, <laughs> Stop it. Uh, well, um, it, it, it's, oh, I'll get it in a second. But there's others that has the least drama to the body and, and, um, uh, get rid of all the other stuff. So, um, who was that? Melissa. Hi, Melissa. And thanks for your email. But clogging your system with too much of anything is really not good. And there are people out here that eat bread consistently day in and day out. It's gluing your guts together. You will have a problem in the end. So, Always think this way. Too much is unnecessary. Too little may just be inefficient. So um, you, you not only want to do moderate of everything that you do, but know that your body has a control of its own. A lot of times what happens is that you know, bread is sugar. That's all it is. It's gluten is sugar. It, it digests in your mouth, on your tongue, with your saliva, sends the, sends the, uh, what you call it, straight to the brain. And now you've got uh, uh, an addiction 
that you can't get rid of. You're constantly eating this stuff because it tastes good, you feel good, and you want more of what tastes good and feels good. Another, th- another thing with the bread is that it will make you very yeasty. You will... That's the, oh, that's the term, yeast bread. Okay. <laughs> if you want to cheat... I'm sorry, Matt, to hold your thought. Okay. You want to eat the yeast bread because it's got those bacterias in it that uh, actually help with the gut. And those are good bacterias because they start out friendly and, and then you put them in the form of a bread... So if you're going to eat the bread, eat the yeast bread, but get the fresh bread. You don't want anything that's processed, which means it'll sit on a shelf for a couple days before you have to eat it before it gets bad. Uh, Go to a bakery and get those that are not processed. You have to eat them within a certain period of time. Put it in the freezer, eat from there. I'm sorry, Metico. <laughs> it helped you to finish that thought. Yeah. Um, but the yeast is also one of the bugs that is an opportunistic free rat. It, when it Once it becomes an ov- in overgrowth, it becomes an opportunistic free radical to the body. And it will go house itself in different organs. Now, the kidneys will have a problem with that, trying to filter it out as it really... Um, grows and mutates itself throughout the system so you end up with a UTI which is your urinary and tract infection and when you have repeated those and you need to stop eating bread and anything else of a carbohydrate yeah you need to stop eating that stuff anyway so you know use um Anti-inflammatory products and foods, uh, you want to avoid inflammatory foods like sugar. Did I see a lot of people faint out there? Sugar is at the top of the list for inflammatory foods. So your sweet stuff, high fructose corn syrup, um, and any of those things that get into the gut and clogs up the system and feeds unfriendly bacteria. Fruits and vegetables, nuts and beans are good for you to take into the system. How about take a magnesium citrate to help keep the colon healthy, keep it in good shape? Magnesium is a powerful anti-inflammatory, powerful, uh, and and it reduces uh, what's called exocytotoxicity. That's toxins in the colon, it, and it keeps things moving in there. W- helps wash down those walls. Uh, getting colonics. Oh, did I give myself a plug? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Go for it. <laughs> As a colon therapist, I know I am on the front line for seeing people crawl into my office and do the moonwalk backwards out. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to see. So you want to take uh, and balance with balance your probiotics with prebiotics. 
And like I said earlier, prebiotics is the food for the probiotics. So you can get your fiber. Uh, fiber with your foods is, is uh, fiber foods, actually. But fiber, like for me, I take a uh, smoothie every morning and I put a little fiber in my smoothie. That's prebiotics for the probiotics. And the best one to take are the ones for the colon. Like anything that starts with a B for your probiotics is like bifo, bifidobacteria, uh, bifido, um, uh, <laughs> 